0: Hi, my name is Grimes and you're listening to The Interview Show.
1: Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. We're deep in the bowels of the Electric Owl Social Club, and I'm sitting here in the green room with Grimes. That's right. This week, it's Scott Wood versus Grimes. Hi, Grimes.
0: Hi. <laughs>
1: How are you doing today?
0: I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Oh, good. <laughs> Sorry.
1: <laughs> You're a lot more giggly than I expected.
0: I I just, you know... uh, it's like, you know, on the spot, you know, you have to talk on the radio. I don't know. I'm not a good t- public speaker. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough.
1: Okay, I'm going to jump right in there. Are you ready for some questions? Yep. Yep. Okay, so the first track that we've heard is Vanessa, and I would love it if you could talk a little bit about that track.
0: Um, well, this track, this is a really old track. I actually made it, like, kind of this time last year. Um, but it was, like, sort of inspired by a lot. I was listening to the radio a lot because uh, I was, like, home for Christmas, and so I was just, like, driving my parents' car because um, I don't normally drive, so I'd be listening to, like, Top 40 or whatever. And so I was, like, hmm, I'd really like to, you know, try making something that sounds like, you know, like Rihanna or something, because, you know, it sounds really good, obviously. And previous to that, I'd always just made really, like, kind of, like, dark experimental music. <laughs> so, I don't know. It was – Vanessa was sort of, like, the first, like, song, pop song I made, and then, you know, I got – you know, I got, kind of got into it from there. It's, like, a jumping-off point.
1: All right, so you came up in the what's been called the illegal DIY culture in Montreal. I was hoping that you could talk about your days coming up in that scene.
0: Oh, um, I mean, I guess it was just really um, all the best venues in Montreal are kind of um, you know uh, not like legal venues because they're run they're like warehouses and stuff because you know there's just a lot of they don't have to close at a certain hour. In fact, they often start after you know, midnight or something. Um, you know, you can be really loud and you can bring in your own alcohol and stuff. Cause you know, no one wants to pay like four bucks for a drink, obviously. So, um, I just feel like a lot of Montreal scene, uh, kind of like coalesces around these like kind of venues, I guess. And like, I mean, same with me, like the first shows I played were all at warehouses, like mostly labs and thieves, which doesn't exist anymore, but that's a cool warehouse. And, or it was a cool warehouse in Montreal. And it was run by the guy who now runs my label. Uh, So when, like, when the warehouse shut down, then he kind of just started a label because there's, you know, had started being bands that, like, played there regularly, and that just kind of made up the roster of the label. Um, So it was just sort of a really organic, like, you know, coming up. Like, and all these bands are obviously associated with each other because they all played all the same venues and then we're all suddenly on the same label. So it was kind of like, you know.
1: A lot of people might be envious of that kind of scene.
0: Yeah, well... It's pretty easy to to create. You just have to live in a city that's really, like, cheap and stuff. You know, like, uh, Montreal is really incredibly affordable. I mean, like, the downside is that there's, you know, like, crackheads in the hallway and stuff. But, like, that's not a big deal if you, you know. I, I think it's a small price to pay for, like, like, no one has a job there, for instance. So this kind of thing is, like, really possible, I guess. One thing that's really distinct about Montreal is that like the music is music the music people make is definitely really pop oriented or dance oriented because it's often really catered to sort of like a late night party kind of thing but it's definitely really uh also driven by like so you know psychedelic drugs or like whatever the fuck people do you know it it tends to get really weird like it's not like i don't know it's taking like formulas that might be more you might you know might be more i don't know like radio type music like for like for me like And for a lot of the other, like, singers I know, like, our big influences would be, like, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, stuff like that. But then, you know, coupling that with something more experimental and psychedelic or, like, noise-oriented. You know, you, like, often there'll be a band, like, a sort of, like, harsh noise band, and then there'll be, like, me or something, like, on a bill. Like, that would not be unheard of at all. And, you know, I think people really like to just get deep into it. I don't know. It's a real...
1: (laughs) I think that's why people get so excited about you.
0: Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs>
1: okay, so your press kit even says that you can't read music and you don't understand music theory or notation. And I was hoping you could talk about how this might have benefited you and hurt you, if hurt's the right word, you know? A positive and a negative?
0: Yeah. I didn't know my press kit said that. That sucks. I really <laughs> i am trying to not have that be part of the like idea of what Grimes is because I think it's sort of a an excuse or something to, you know, um, I don't know. I don't read music, but I really, I'm, like, a producer. I'm not a musician. Like, I don't play any instruments or anything, so I'm not really concerned with that. It doesn't really play into my approach to sound, which is, I would say, more on the scientific end or just on the, I don't know. I I feel like not being explicitly aware of, like, what I'm doing on, like, you know, the in terms of, like, notation whatever, like, I I feel like it doesn't hurt me at all and probably allows me to be a bit more free, if anything. But I also just don't want to, like, emphasize that aspect of, like, what I'm doing because I feel like it's, I don't know, it, it, it immediately, like, as soon as that was, like, public knowledge, it became this, like, buzz thing. But it's, like, I know tons of musicians that are very successful in the industry that can't read music, and I just don't think it should be, you know, a thing that is, like, even just in the consciousness because... I don't know, it's always like, oh, you've overcome this thing, but there's, like, nothing to overcome or something. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. If I ignore the overcoming thing, I think that it might add to the mystique of rawness to what you do.
0: Yeah, I would say that's... um, I mean, it it depends, because I've talked to people who are really classically trained and they all approach it differently. Some people, like, you know, it doesn't... You know, they use it really well, and other people I know feel like it hinders them a little bit because they can't sort of escape like a logic or like a muscle memory kind of thing associated with you know certain notes or keys or whatever I know um in terms of like visual art because I'm I do a lot of like painting and stuff I find it very hard sometimes because I've been doing it from a really young age to break certain like just patterns that I always get into where as music was like really something that I started doing like you know after I was 20 so it, there was just nothing there was no training or anything at all that like you know I forget what the question was actually. <laughs> it's all good.
1: I'll give you another one. How about if you could compare and contrast what you feel is somebody who's come from a, a strong music background with what you bring to the table?
0: Um, I don't know. It uh, like someone like I when I sometimes when I jam with people who come from a strong music background, they're more not that I jam with people all the time or anything, but it's a lot easier for them to just I don't know, hear a song and like reproduce it or something. I'd say one of my, the one thing about it that I don't like is that I can't, like, think of a melody and reproduce that. Like, I wouldn't know where to start. Or, like, you know, I can, like, play around and see if I can find the note, and then I've usually forgotten it by the time I've done that. But, uh you know, so that's sort of, like, a major difference, I think, is people who are trained in music can be like, oh, yeah, that, and then do it. um And just, you know, it would be nice if I could, like, you know, play the piano properly. I could probably have something more complex if I was, like, you know more physically capable of actually like performing it hi my name is grimes and you're listening to the interview show My name's Grimes and you're listening to the Interview Show.
1: All right, Grimes, I would love it if you could tell me a little bit about your song Crystal Ball.
0: This song was just, you know, it's like a like a love of life song. I just like came home one day and I was like, I really want to make music and then I just like was feeling really happy and I just made that song just because it fucking felt really good to make it. And so it's just I don't know, I just feel like it's kind of exploding with like happiness with not which not much of my music has so i don't know it's just like it's like yeah, my happy song <laughs> so, or something i don't know
1: <laughs> okay so you've called your sound post internet and i would love it if you could talk some more about that
0: <laughs> um yeah i mean that was sort of an unintentional i just said that in passing but i guess it's kind of interesting um because a lot of people bring that up and try to argue with me about it but i think what i was specifically referring to was that Um, people who are sort of maybe a bit older than me and then like my age and younger than me uh, during our like adolescence when you're sort of like really developing a lot of strong neural pathways um, you know anyone who wasn't uh, exposed to the internet at that age so like all the generations before us you know would have like a sort of limited access to music because you know you just buy it or you get it at the record store like you just there's like whatever is there and then that's like all your options Whereas, like, for uh, me and my friends and, like, people I know, I just feel like there's there's just sort of this infinite exposure to music. And so um, potentially a more uh, complex uh, sort of, like, um, series of, like, neural pathways could have developed because that's just, like, a really, you know, people learn languages better at that time. People develop skills better at that time. It's just a a period of, like, extreme growth. And then, like, immediately afterwards, there's kind of pruning of all the... um, parts of your brain that you're not using. So uh, I just feel that, like, inherently, you know, because of things like Napster, um, people would just have a way uh, broader, uh, sort of, like, there would be a way wider selection of music that you would have access to, and therefore, you know, and you, you notice that with, like, music coming out in the last sort of, like, decade, that it's, the genre has kind of, like, disappeared, and it's become a lot more just huge you know, people just pulling from everywhere. And I think that's probably due to that kind of influence.
1: Totally. One of the things I love about you is that your music sounds so otherworldly, but then I'll read an interview with you and you'll be like, this song is about how I feel when I hear a really great Beyonce song.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's just Vanessa. I don't know. That was kind of like, I don't always, I'm not, I don't just like make vapid music that's referencing pop music, but that one was just kind of like a, you know, um, an exercise in play, in playing pop music but then in the process I learned how to produce like a good pop song which for me was always you know I really need music to be danceable in term you know when I'm playing it live uh, and so then that kind of like set off this whole new era. I forget what the question was again um but Just the
1: contrast between, you know, people are going to be hearing your music, a lot of people for the first time, and I just like the contrast between what you do and the music that you constantly reference, like Beyoncé or Christina Aguilera.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I guess there's, like, obviously tangible things. Like, I mean, I'd say a lot of my references are more subconscious, but just because I listen to a lot of that music, it inherently sort of influences me. But then, um, you know, like, I'd say two of my biggest musical influences are... um, sort of, like, medieval uh, organum music, like Pergolesi, Periton, you know, Hildegard von Bingen, stuff that's, like, really um, religious and kind of, like, you know, beautiful and epic and, like, tons of voices and really just ethereal and, like, non-referential to, like, you know, what would be, like, on Earth. But then I also am, like, totally obsessed with, like, Mariah Carey. And so I feel like those two things like are the most sort of consistent clash in like the music that i make and it kind of ends up being this like (laughs) heavenly dance music or something as far as like what i'm trying to like or maybe not even trying to achieve but just like what seems the most like immediately viscerally pleasurable uh or something um but yeah i don't know that's uh, yeah
1: (laughs) your record halifaxo has been associated with the witch house movement so I was hoping that you could talk a little bit about that.
0: I, I do think Witch House is a, is a really interesting uh, kind of movement. I know it's got kind of a bad reputation sometimes. And there's a lot of complete shit out there as far as Witch House music goes. But um, I don't know, it, for me, the way I've, I sort of saw it um, was that like, you know, like for, for me, the, the music on the radio when I was like a kid, or like my two sort of biggest influences were probably like Outkast and Marilyn Manson. And I kind of see Witch House as, like, hip-hop meeting goth, in a way. Like, it's, you know, it's got sort of, like, droney elements of goth music and a lot of elements from, like, DJ Screw and kind of, like, hip-hop beats really slowed down. And, I mean, it's basically, it is kind of like a rip-off of, like, earlier movements. Like, I do think that, like, you listen to a lot of DJ Screw or something and it just that does sound like Witch House, but it's... I think it gets, a, like, less credit because it maybe it happened too soon or not if people heard it or whatever. But I do think Witch House is kind of, like, an interesting movement in that regard because it's, like, I don't know. Um, I feel like, like, hip-hop and uh, goth music are both kind of sort of racially segregated uh, types of music. And, like, from I don't know, people... I think people are kind of like getting over those sort of things a bit and everything's kind of melting together and I think that's something that's really uh, kind of nice about like the concept of Witch House. That said, I don't think it's often well realized but um, I don't know, how Halifaxa for me was it wasn't meant to be a Witch House record but when it came out, people on the internet were like oh, this is a Witch House record and then I looked up what Witch House was um, as a response to that and then, you know, I... At that point, I didn't have a problem being associated with it because I thought it was cool. Um, and it's it's nice that, like, you know, different people could come to the same artistic conclusion, kind of, uh, you know, just because of, like, the same sort of cultural influence that they w- might have had. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's it's really, like, which has a very telling of, like, sort of, like, my generation. It's, like, a very, like, obvious, like, musical conclusion um, based on, like... You know, what was popular in the 90s and what people like listen to in in the early 2000s, late 90s. But um, the thing with Halifax is I wasn't explicitly thinking about Witch House. I was just, you know, doing what I wanted to do. But I mean, you know, I like listen to Ciara and I'd be like, oh, I love this. But then I'd be listening to like Skinny Puppy or something. Or even, I mean, Burial was a huge influence for me for that record. And I feel like Burial is kind of Witch House, even though it's like pre Witch House theoretically.
1: All right, Grimes, thank you very much for your time tonight. I really appreciate talking to you. It's been great. I love it at the end of the show if I can get the artist to pick a track off their current record or their catalog, whatever they like, and talk about it as we bring up the music.
0: Cool. Um well this is the song is called Oblivion and <laughs> it's a pretty it's a pretty heavy song. It's about like um you know a lot of times when I walk home at night like creepy guys like follow me or something like i have like a really i feel really unsafe in my neighborhood and it's just kind of about the feeling of like uh i don't know like this sort of like sexual fear that like a woman feels when she's like going home at night alone which like really fucking sucks and it's kind of like you feel kind of powerless or something so this song's kind of just i don't know like me being like really pissed about that i guess and like you know i don't know just like my reaction reaction to that like
1: Awesome. So we've got Oblivion by Grimes. <laughs> Thanks Grimes. Yeah, thank you.
0: Hi, my name's Grimes and you're listening to the Interview Show.